Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and if this is your first Geekscape, well, strap yourselves in for some pop culture talk. I like to sit down with storytellers every week. Uh, sometimes you get an episode that's two a week. Sometimes I'm recording so many Geekscapes and having so much fun talking to storytellers that I don't have time to release them uh, and space them out every week or so. Uh, sometimes you get two a week. Sometimes I'm at a convention and we have a cool panel. I want you all to hear that. So I put that on the feed. The feed is uh, fun and the show's been going on since 2006. So there's a lot of amazing episodes and guests in the history. But I like to talk to writers or filmmakers or people who work on video games or maybe they're documentarians or they're comic book creators. Uh, if it's pop culture and if it's storytelling, I love to have them on the show. Today is no difference. Uh, author Tilly Bridges is on the show talking about, we're going to be talking about the matrix. I don't, I mean, the matrix to me was the movie I was, uh, I was in college. That'll date me. Uh, and the matrix came out that summer 99 at the beginning of it. And for me, it was all about episode one. Remember that's the movie episode one in 1999, but, uh, the matrix just came out of nowhere. It was the filmmakers who did bound, which I thought was awesome. Uh, but kind of went under the radar, right? The movie that you kind of discover at the Blockbuster, VHS. Uh, if you haven't seen ba- Bound, it's awesome. Gina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly in like a uh, kind of a crime caper. Bound is awesome. Uh, so I didn't really have The Matrix on my radar, but then you started hearing about it because the movie was awesome. By the time I moved out to California, the sequels came out, and uh, I started watching, I watched the first sequel, we're going to talk. I'm going to talk to Tilly about the, the sequels because people love them or people are like, wow, they didn't hold up the first one. But I'll tell you what, and we've talked about it on the show, uh, this last Matrix movie, uh, Matrix Resurrections, I thought that opening, the meta stuff that was going on in there and watching as a filmmaker wrote about themselves in the film and then the whole thing, the layers that were going on in Matrix uh, Resurrections, I, I hope you appreciated it. I loved that stuff. And then uh, and then you get some Matrix action. I thought I loved Matrix Resurrections. I thought it was cool. Um, we're going to be talking a lot of Matrix. Um, the paperback book, uh, I'm going to get the name of this. Uh, these are trans allegories in the Matrix. We've got author uh, Tilly Bridges coming on and... Uh, this is going to be awesome. So Geeks gave us, here's the theme song, and I'm excited. Comics, movies, and a bitch, Jonathan will guide you. Read 
All right, Geekscapers, welcome back. The book is called Begin Transmission. Uh, sorry, I didn't mention that at the top. And the book can be pre-ordered right now on Amazon. It's out June 27th. There's a hardback edition, a paperback version, and two former Geekscapists, uh, Geekscape guests, Javier Guerrero Marswash. Um, you may know him as a showrunner of, well, I loved it. I loved the Dark Crystal Netflix series, and Javi showran that. He also, I think, think was either a showrunner or one of the exec producers on the Catboy Bebop series. Um, Javi's got a lot of cool stuff going on. And then Jeff Thorne and I uh, used to write for Lion Force. He wrote Airwolf, the 80s comic, while I wrote uh, Miami Vice. They're both endorsing this book. I'm endorsing this book. You're going to want to check it out. And let's talk to the author of the book. This is Tilly Bridges. Tilly, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. So uh, tell me about Begin Transmission. Um, I got the solicitation for this book and it was an automatic yes. This is stuff that I want to talk about. Um, I think it's important. And I think just watching the Wachowski siblings in their journey from where they began the Matrix to uh, the final Matrix film. But then also you can't you can't skip. I mean, to me, as a as a filmmaker who loves filmmakers, I I think Speed Racer is amazing. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Uh, I think Speed Racer is amazing. Uh, Cloud Atlas, I never saw, but we're talking about the Wachowski siblings. But we're also just because they went on their own journey, uh, their own trans journey throughout the making of this. You know, the, I think the where they started and where they ended, you know, was pretty well covered in it and it all kind of comes to a beautiful crescendo i think with that last matrix resurrections movie um but what is your story where were you in 1999 who were you in 1999 when the the first matrix film came out i kind of said my first story in the intro yeah i was um deeply lost in believing that i was the cis man society had told me i was and being miserable trying to pretend to be that person and when I saw the first movie, it's it's really hard to describe. It they like spoke to me on this really deep foundational level that I couldn't explain. I couldn't put into words. I I couldn't have told you why I connected with it as deeply as I did. I mean, it's like a really amazing sci-fi movie with great action. It's fantastically written and directed and acted, but it was more than that. There was something else in there that was touching something deep inside of me that I I had not known about or had looked the other way from for my entire life. And it was many, many years after that when I finally um, came to understand and accept my own transness. And it was not long after that that uh, the Wachowskis came out and said that they had intended the movies to be an allegory uh, for being trans. And then people just started asking me about that all the time because I was already writing about trans issues and I'm a screenwriter and I'm obviously a trans woman like the Wachowskis are. And so people just kept coming to me and asking me, what does this mean? What what are they talking about? What are they trying to say in these allegories? And so I thought I would write an essay about it and it turned into 24 essays covering the entire franchise because I was so surprised to discover how very specific and deep these movies spoke to what it is to be trans in this world. And um, so I, I, I like to say I sort of accidentally wrote a book. I didn't set out to write it. It was going to be one essay, but 
it turned into so much because there was so much I, I wanted people to understand that was just under the surface. So I compiled it all together and revised it and expanded it. And, and now it's a book that will be out at the end of June. And Tilly, I, 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 lo- I love that first Matrix movie. It's, it's the Matrix movie that I've seen multiple times. It's the one that I own. Sure. I think it's incredible. Um, what were some of the scenes that, and, and really to put context on it, I don't want to age you at all, um, but where were you on your identity journey when you saw that first uh, film? And then when what were the scenes in it that started, like, by, by where were you on your identity journey? I mean, in the context of the people in your life, the people who you possibly weren't going to school with, your family, were they conscious, was this something that you were vocal about your your trans identity were you vocal about it up to that point was it something that you were sharing with other people or was it something that was repressed and then watching the matrix what were the scenes maybe the blue pill red pill scene maybe maybe you know kung fu uh what were the (laughs) scenes that started to pull at you and say wait this resonates with my voice and does that make sense so just to add context yeah well i yeah i didn't um Looking back now, I can see the signs that were always there because, you know, you don't just suddenly become trans if you're trans. You've always been trans, but I didn't know what to look for. I didn't know the signs. And I grew up in an environment that was very transphobic. So even if I had known, I would not have been allowed to transition. I would have been told it was wrong and bad and evil. And was so, that environment Texas, Florida? <laughs> no, it was just the Midwest, uh, <laughs> Chicago, Cleveland, supposedly liberal cities, but not in in my households. Um, and it's one of those things where I think you could, yeah, maybe not in your household, but I, I find that liberal communities as well, and me being as left as can be, I think that it's still a conversation that isn't easy for everyone to wrap their heads around. And I had a conversation driving home Friday. Uh, I, I returned a phone call with a friend of mine from back home uh, and it is Texas, but this person is fairly, it's Austin. So it's fairly liberal. Yeah. And and they were having difficulties talking to an estranged sibling who was, uh, was, was announcing as trans and living their life for the last couple years as trans and, and now being very vocal about it. And what that conversation could be like saying that they, didn't just love them regardless and that they wanted to have that conversation now before family members are getting older, it's too late or before damage in the, in the lack of communication or miscommunication had been done that the family couldn't heal from in people's yeah. lifetimes. Um, so, so as I, as I'm saying, like the, some of the most liberal places and environments, it's still a very personal journey. Yeah, it is. And and especially even like back when the first movie came out in 99, um, the whole culture, even in the most liberal cities, was still much more transphobic than it is now. Um, like you, you didn't see out trans actors. You didn't know. You've never you'd probably never heard a trans person's name. Most of my life growing up, I didn't even know trans was a thing someone could be. Right. So it was it, it's a really weird uh, thing to have to go through. But when I saw the movie, there, there's there's a couple of scenes. There's the um, the first scene where Neo meets Trinity uh, at the dance club. And every single thing she says to him, now even thinking about it, uh, it like 
broke my soul open because it speaks to this this thing deep deep inside your subconscious that knows is wrong and you feel like you're broken and that there's something wrong with you but that's not the case at all what's actually broken is the world telling you you can't be who you really are and so that always meant a lot to me and then the scene where uh neo first meets morpheus and he talks about how it's always been there, like a splinter in your mind and you can't see it, but it's all around us and it's everywhere. And it's the prison you're forced into at birth without your consent. And like, like the whole allegory hinges upon the actual matrix being the cisgender binary that we are all put in at birth without our consent. And for cis people, that's really hard to notice because you were born and the doctors and your parents all said, you're a boy and you always felt like a boy and you are a boy. So you don't notice that there's anything wrong with that. But for a portion of the population that is probably bigger than anyone thinks, that is not true. And that is not the way it works. And so all of society is built around that and upholding it um, so that the people at the top can extract power from the rest of us. And it harms all of us, even cis people all the way through, which the movies themselves illustrate really, really well. So um, it was probably those two scenes more than anything uh, that really dug a little hole in my heart and made me question what was going on with my life. Tilly, those are conversation scenes, right? And they're in the yeah. context of this, you know, I don't know if there was an apocalyptic event or, or how long the machines had been in control narratively in that point. Um, but where does the the... The, the the phrases are, are all ringing true as you say them absolutely i can understand how those are ringing with you within the scope of the larger reality right yeah where does the science fiction play in where does that stuff start to say okay um i have to shake free of this node that's been put in the back of my neck and i have to free myself from this larger society it, is there a way to free yourself from the larger society? Because ultimately, as a trans female, you are living amongst those of us who are still in, you know, some of us still in the machines, right? Yeah. If, if somebody like myself was a cis male, what is that matrix to me? Does it make sense? Because not everybody is trans. Does that make sense? And yeah, so not absolutely. all of us have the choice. Right. What Maybe the matrix to us is the place we aren't, Ha the, the job we weren't supposed to be in or the the conversation we weren't supposed to we didn't want to have with a family member or the relationship does that make sense the relationship we didn't want to be in and and the for me the the matrix was always about breaking free of that it was to me a societal commentary because i didn't have the aspect you had to it which was a deeper more internal this is my being right yeah and so how do you view everyone else? Because at the end of the day, like Neo doesn't live amongst the machines. Does that make sense? The the objects of control, like you are forced to do so because of our society. I don't know how, does it make sense? Like, like well, it's so pervasive, yeah. this stuff it's... that you can't free yourself from it the way Neo did. You, you can sort of. Um, the way you have to see it is that um, okay, so the, 
it's it's hard to explain without uh getting into there's still the assholes out the there is basically what i'm trying to say like yes, they're still right well, they're in control okay. mentally yes, emotionally i are. totally i totally get that you can put but yourself in are, a different plane yeah those people are represented by the agents by the architect by the analyst who are all cisgender white men they are mm. the ones extracting power from this system and they are still in control um you don't change the world you can't change the entire matrix i mean we would like to but that's that's going to be the work of probably multiple generations but the entire allegory uh it tracks through all four movies and it follows one person's journey uh through transition so when you look at it the very first movie is about uh neo coming to understand and accept his own transness and choosing to transition and when you get to reloaded it's about how once you are an out trans person society changes the way it responds to you and it comes for you every second of every day to try to stop you from existing as an out trans person and if you knew how hard it was going to be after you transitioned would you still have transitioned and if that answer is yes which it is for neo and it is for trans people who continue on as our true selves is about examining why why would you still choose to live a life that's so hard even if it is the truth how is that better than living a lie and when you get to revolutions uh, it's about dealing with our own internalized transphobia that society places in everybody, whether we're cis or trans, uh, by virtue of not, it's just the way people are raised, you know, like, like, mm -hmm. like I yeah. mentioned before, where I didn't even know trans was a thing you could be. That's society actively keeping that information. A out by yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And so it's about dealing with that and realizing that if society is this set against us, where can we go in the future? How can we build a better future for trans people, for cis people, for all of us to live together in peace. And when you get to resurrections, that hopeful uh, look toward the future from revolutions did not come to pass. And so what has happened is that Neo has detransitioned and gone back to being Thomas Anderson. And that movie is about him waking up to the fact that that was a mistake that yes, it's easier to move through the world when you pretend to be the cis man it thinks you are, but you are miserable. It is not living, it is a walking, waking death. And so he must again, retransition to become who he truly is. And the part that might really blow your mind is that through all four of these movies, almost every major character represents an aspect of Neo's psyche. And Trinity is his self-actualization. She is the person he wants to be, the person he truly is and who he finally becomes when you get to the end of Resurrections. It's the and first time- he has to time, save that person, yeah. It's the first time he actually gets there. Um, so it's- save, he, he goes into the Matrix to save, if I'm I re recalling the movie properly, he goes in, he puts the whole, let's get a team together, let's save Trinity from the Matrix, let's reclaim my transness. As you, as yeah. And then at the end, is it not, Trinity that frees him as well. At the, they're in that yeah, at ending. the end, Trinity is yeah. the one who can fly. She's the so, one with the with the power and the ability. When he's finally made that it all whole, tracks like that whole, whole transformation. Whole I mean, there, whole there's message tracks. There are so many 
really, really specific details that uh, it would take me hours and hours to get into. Uh, <laughs> well, there's, a talk, but that's why there's a book. There's a book but, for so, yeah, if you're If you're listening and you're like, well, wait a minute, I don't know. Just realize there is like 60,000 words of evidence that I was surprised myself to find, but it is all there. And um, yeah, it's, it's a really remarkable thing um, because each movie builds upon the one that came before and they all have different things to say about what it means to be trans and how the world treats us. And it's, it's really remarkable. Um, they, they use color so very specifically as part of their visual language of telling you what these allegories are. Um, it's just, it, yeah, it's really amazing all the way through. Um, it, it blows my mind, kind of. Well, I don't think you could hear about the Wachowskis and hear about these movies, which were blockbusters, and not know about the journey they were on with their transness. And know that some of this movie, on some level, was about that. I mean, for myself, the this conversation and the unlocking that you're doing, hopefully to somebody who's listening to this, and maybe they're like, oh, well. Um, it makes me want to go revisit those two sequels because <laughs> I remember when they came out as a, you know, on a filmmaking level, I think we just wanted that first matrix movie and they were challenging. Do you remember yeah. the reaction that those two movies got? When uh, people are like, still, Oh, it wasn't more of the same. Yeah. You hear a lot of people um, maybe deriding the sequels and not understanding mm -hmm. them. And I always loved them. Although again, I couldn't have told you why, but it was later when I found out what they were actually saying about this experience that, that I know of, that I have in my life and nothing else that we have out there in media speaks to us uh, trans people that way. Nothing. And, in, in the Matrix is it. Well, I mean, there are, there are somewhat, not a lot, but there are a few more stories now um, about trans people on the surface level, right? They're a, a little bit, not a lot though. Um, but even still, none of them speak as specifically to as many aspects of trans existence and none of them are uh, what you would call, they haven't reached a cultural saturation. They're not m giant media franchises IP, right? This, the sure. Matrix is no, really the thing trans people have. The video game, the, the, the remember the Animatrix? Yeah, yeah. I, I cover that in the book too. Yeah, so Geekscape is, if you're a fan of the Matrix, I say read this book. If you want to have anything unlocked within you about relating to trans individuals and trans storytelling, you got to read this book. The fact that there's a, a piece in the book on the animatrix where multiple creators and voices were uh, contributing to this thing. Um, yeah. I think that's, I think that's kind of cool. What, what's the story on the animatrix? Cause I can understand the Wachowskis for the most part having, I mean, obviously, Warner Brothers is going to be Warner Brothers, right? You work, you don't. Yeah, I don't think you come out of working with a studio unscathed. And and yeah. to me, a lot of that resurrections, yes, the 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 story you told in in the allegory you're you're showing me for that last film absolutely tracks. That is it. That is what they're writing about. But then on that cursory level, which I'm about as smart enough to appreciate that's about the where i appreciate it when i first watch it um having a, having them just talking about having to go back into that studio system and yeah. the say you know when that movie started and 
Neil is back in it and the defeat you feel and just the, Oh, are you serious? You're after all that you're back in this. Yeah. And are, are you kidding? It, it felt like the, you know, on a surface level, the just the relationship with the studio and the way that the video game company was a metaphor for the studio. And it felt yeah. like, it felt like shit talking the studio. And I was like, Whoa, this is bold. This is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a little bit like that, but it's also um, resurrections very specifically gets into the co-opting and erasure of trans voices. Mm. And it, they're speaking to it generally to to the trans community, but also very specifically to the Wachowskis themselves, because uh, you know the red pill has been horribly misappropriated by men's rights activists and the far right to mean the opposite of what they intended it to mean. And so, what, wait, they, explain that to me because I'm what? Have you not I mean, heard? I understand, of, I understand the, the color red. red. I, I understand the. I haven't <laughs> heard that, but I understand the, that that. Sorry, Fred Dirts, but the red hat will never like you can't wear one anymore. It's done. But <laughs> I, under, I, <laughs> no, under, I understand the significance the of the color red yeah. and all that. But but there's something called a red pill guy. Is that what you said? Yeah, there are there are groups of guys who uh, call themselves red pills. Uh, they encourage other cis white men to take the red pill and to so them anti woke shit. Like yes, the, taking the, whole, the like, red pill is waking up to the fact that cis white men are the ones who are being oppressed because people who are not cis white men are now getting some more rights. Get the fuck and, out of here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even get off true. the show, Tilly. It, that's ridiculous. I understand the like first off, the whole woke it just like, okay, okay, that's what you're going to fight against. It's like, it reminded me when George W. was saying, like, war on terror. And I was like, oh, that's a war you can win. Like, okay, you're you're going against, like, a concept. Like, you're fighting a concept here. Like, right. the idea of terror. We'll never. The good news is after that whole thing, after he left office, we were never afraid again. Um, it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then when you have this anti-woke thing, it has gotten so stupid. That you yeah. are now avidly celebrating your own like head in the sand ignorance yeah. and not wanting to be considerate to another human being and the pridefulness of this garbage. A red pill guy, like Yeah. They're called losers. <laughs> I agree with you. But, uh, I've never heard of those guys. Like, oh, yeah. shit. But, the, you know, the amazing thing is that the Wachowskis are so smart that they knew it was coming. They could see it coming because they called because they it out in the, the first two movies. Well, they, they, they put it in there. They created the metaphor, right? They created the red pill, blue pill. And that's where I'm guessing these right. idiots take they, the They metaphor. misinterpreted what the red pill means. The, uh, the red pill means waking up to the way society oppresses trans people, not the other so way around. Um, but yeah, it's... They, they put right... It's like the clearest way is right in the first movie where Morpheus is talking to Neo and he says that there are some people that are so hopelessly inured to the system that they will fight to uphold it without even realizing that's what they're doing. I'm mangling his quote because I don't remember the exact That's what he said. We lived through the last 20 years. We, we, yeah. yeah. And that's those guys. They saw them coming. They knew that they were so deep inside their own bullshit that, you know, they think that they're outside of it. Uh, even Smith himself goes through that arc where he in um, Reloaded and Through Revolutions, where he believes 
He's not doing what society wants. He's his own man. He's doing what he wants. But what he wants is exactly what society wants him to do. So it's they're so far inside that they can't even tell how far inside they are. They think they're outside and they're the deepest ones in. It's it's a big mess. But they, they knew it was going to happen from the... Yeah first movie and that blows my mind and well i I have something i want to ask about that but tilly correct me if i'm wrong but in the resurrections smith uh redeems themselves to a degree do they not like no they don't okay then then it's inescapable i I, because i know i know the i know the actor got the actor got recast no yes Okay, but it was still a piece of garbage. Okay, yeah, like a, you're still a, a, a matrix piece of garbage. All right, well, forget that person. <laughs> Throw him into the sun. Uh, what I wanted to say about the like premonition, like or the the pre-design of the Wachowskis, how much? And I and I do think that there, to some degree, there there's a level of futurism because they even on a film appreciation level, they're pushing envelopes of technology, yeah. their yeah. style of, I mean that first matrix movie turned into how many stylistic knockoffs, right? Like everything was, was leather and Eastern European dance parties after that point for a while. (laughs) Like it was, whether you're hunting vampires, werewolves, or uh, what's the one with Christian Bale where they have Kung Fu, like they have the gun Fu. Remember that one? I do not. Oh my goodness. That one's hilarious. Uh, but every but everything was tall, like tall trench coats, black yeah. in the shades. Um, yes, they they set the standard and they set up a lot of style for a lot of things. But the the blue pill, red pill, that how much of that came out of the a life spent creating that metaphor because you spent a life having people already experiencing the hatred of people who will never wake up to that stuff. And will you can never convince of another reality because the argument is that they, they saw it coming. I think they saw it coming because up to that point, their life had been experiencing that kind of uh, reaction to the, to the, to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because even especially I think probably in the nineties when they themselves have, have now said that they were deeply closeted um, that they couldn't even talk about their feelings around gender or they're, they're wondering if they might be transgender or what it would be like to transition or if they were even transitioning already, they could, they couldn't tell people they had to keep it hidden because they would know the kind of response they're going to get. And so many people even now today in 2023 still get that same kind of response from their family, from their societies uh, that they live in, you know, their, their town, their States. And so I definitely think that uh, they knew it was going to happen because they 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 were just they were in it yeah they were living it but if if you if you really want to have your mind blown the reason the red pill is red is because at the time the movie was made hormone replacement therapy estrogen pills for women were red and it was called premarin and it looked yeah, yeah they're little red pills and the really ironic thing is that now the estrogen pills I'm on are blue and that's uh very yeah, it's something. But nobody wants to go with a green or a nice orange for these. No, <laughs> they no. just want to. They're gonna. They're gonna do it the that way. Red yeah. and blue. There are other colors that pharma that we can use for some of this stuff. <laughs> they're like, now nah, we're let's stick to the tried and trues. That's yeah. amazing. Um, 
in you believe the red pill was i mean that's intentional the coloring is intentional yeah i i think so absolutely because mm-hmm. it, that if that is the the medication that they were either at that point probably researching yeah. talking talking to their doctors about possibly even already taking we don't know when they began and that's really sure. none of our business but they would know that that's what it was and to them that pill symbolized truth that was what going to what was going to let them live their truth make their body or help anyway help their bodies match uh their gender the and the, help the outside match the inside and so that that was the truth and that was where the whole um interpretation of color through the allegory came from because from that moment on red and actually even before that moment when you go back and look um they use red they use all color very very intentionally and red always stands for truth everywhere all the time through the entire series even through the animatrix you have to look at where it is where it's not why they're showing it to you here they they use visual shot composition really brilliantly they're and you have to really you have to really look at what they're showing you like in, in the book i go i go by timestamps because things are so um important and so deep and you really need to look and i encourage people to pause on the biggest screen they can watch it on at these timestamps and really look at what's on the screen and why things are where they are and why they look the way they do and um so going through the entire series Red is always truth, and blue is always doubt, although there are different kinds of doubt, and yellow is always fear. Okay. And the really brilliant thing is that they use the combinations of those colors to tell you more things about the allegory. So if something is purple, there is truth and there is doubt at the same time. The and green overcast so dominant. It's of so the dominant. first three movies is showing you yeah, that the cisgender binary matrix is based in fear and doubt, blue and yellow, yeah. green. These mother, well, they just. <laughs> That's how I felt when I first you know, I was writing this. I'm like, how dare you be this talented? Oh my God, I feel so inferior. They are, the levels, the, okay, I liked the Jupiter Rising movie. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I have not seen Jupiter it Ascending, where, I mean, you can argue Jupiter Ascending, like, Channing Tatum's character has, like, animal part you know it's like yeah. i think i think that movie is so fun and geeks gave us who did not enjoy it sorry that's a fun movie that's a ride um i like tom tickver who they collaborated with on cloud atlas even though i didn't see the movie i thought run little run also came out summer 99 was amazing and tom tickver is one of those directors that i just i'm excited i'm interested in what he does uh i gotta give it up for speed racer though speed watching speed racer in the theater was one of my i went solo to watch speed racer i remember on a saturday or something and i just remember loving that movie so on the visual level i think the wachowskis are very precise uh i think bound is a incredible like i think that's yeah. such a cool movie that is a pretty carefully laid mousetrap or you know swiss watch of a design film it is awesome geekscapers if you haven't seen the suspense film bound it's it's really great um, what's also interesting about that is that it's a it's a lesbian love story right absolutely. and at the time 100%. everyone thought that it was made by two cishet white men and how could that be well it turns out no they were they're both 
lesbians, right? So they're like at least Lana is married to a woman. I, I I'm not sure if Lily is married or not. At I mean, point, Tilly is but... a cis male. Um, I can see why a cis male would have made that movie. <laughs> two, well, beautiful, two beautiful women bound together, like the ropes and the kind of like you know the the kind of S and M like kind of stuff going on in that movie. It is such a cool movie. Uh, Geeks Abyss, if you haven't seen Bound, which I think was totally overshadowed by just the mega hit that The Matrix was, go back and rediscover Bound. It's great. And uh, and find a big screen to watch Speed Racer on. And, and Jupiter Ascending, it's fun. Like, it's okay to have fun with some of these movies. They don't all have to be. <laughs> maybe there's something in Jupiter know. Ascending that's like, maybe, maybe we'll have a conversation about Jupiter Ascending where people are like, hey, you overlooked that stuff. Did you know that Jupiter Ascending was an allegory for? No, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, Tilly, you went through, I mean, you had to have this, you know, not not just an internalized reaction to the world outside and the, and the, and the burden and pain that that brings, but actual pieces of garbage human beings and their reactions to you growing up, as you said, the environment that you grew up in wasn't one in which you thought you could ever publicly broach the subject of what was going on with you. Um, But people have been vocal or physical or your life has been tough in places. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, I did not have a great relationship with my parents. Um, we disagreed on a lot of things, very fundamental level stuff. And um, so like my my mom died before I realized I was trans and came out. But I know that if I had, she would have uh, never accepted me, probably never spoken to me again. She already wasn't spe- hadn't spoken to me for like five years uh, at the time. So it was, I mean, it, it was rough. It wasn't physically abusive, but... It was uh, emotionally destructive and it would have just been worse. Um, There was, I I have a lot of brothers and sisters and any deviation from gender norms was derided. You were uh, ridiculed. It was never, ever allowed. And this would be even like the smallest stuff, right? So it was like, if if I at some point thought, maybe I want to try growing my hair out and I, did that or I told them she would have lost her mind. It was not a, a environment that was condu- conducive to those things. So it, it is rough growing up that way. Um, you lose a lot of time. And it, it's this weird thing that people who transition as adults have to deal with where we look back at the past. And actually, this is another thing that uh, the Matrix actually talks about where uh, Neo says, I have all of these memories, but none of them were real. And that's what it feels like because like my, the example I go to the most because it's easiest to explain is the day I got married to my wife. Uh, it was the happiest day of my life, but it wasn't all happy because I was miserable. I was wearing a tuxedo, which made me super, super dysphoric. I felt awful. I felt gross. I felt like I was in a body that I didn't know how to be in playing this role. I didn't know how to play. And so every time, I look at our wedding photos. It's a really mixed bag because it was the happiest day of my life. And I was miserable through it. Uh, And not because of her, because she's wonderful. And I I love her with all my heart. But it was, um, your whole life is like that. You know, I look back and I'm like, I didn't get to be 
a little girl. I didn't get to be a teen girl. I didn't get to be a young adult college age girl. I didn't get any of that stuff. That was some guy I was pretending to be and it wasn't me. And so it changes your your whole life. Um, There's a lot of very real grief, I think, for a lot of, of trans people who transition as adult when we look back at our lives and wonder how it could have been different had we been able to be ourselves all the way through it. And that's I'm not sure that's something that 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 uh, cis people can easily understand, although I think you can if you imagine it. Like, if you know, um, one thing that the, wait, the very... <laughs> I'm crying. Oh, no. Tilly, you... It's like, it's like Tilly Bridges wasn't there, you know? You were at your wedding and Tilly Bridges wasn't, Tilly Bridges yeah. was underwater or Tilly Bridges was, yeah. was, was like, actually that's, wasn't that's there, the, the metaphor you know? I use all, all the time is to say that my gender dysphoria, it's, it's different for every trans person, but mine was like being underwater. It was like I was drowning and no one could see and no one would help because they didn't know. And I didn't know how to tell them. And so everybody in your life, even your friends, your family, the people you love the most, you're separate from them because you can't be yourself. There's this barrier between you. They don't know you all the way down to who you truly are because you can't be that person. And it's like the very first Matrix movie uh, uses reflections very heavily, very specifically, because they are a really hard thing for trans people because we look in the mirror or we look in photos and like my wedding photo. And there's this really uncomfortable, awkward guy with a fake smile sitting next to my wife. And that's not me. And I would look in the mirror my whole life. And that wasn't me. It was some weird meaty guy robot that I had to pilot for some reason. And so it's, it's a really tough thing. And as you, as you transition, hopefully if, if you want to go on hormones, uh, some trans people, you know, have surgeries, some don't, but, um, as you go through your transition, hopefully you start to see the real you come out in those reflections. You start to see the real you come through in photos. And I remember when that first started happening for me, like photos were always hard. I hated being in them. I never thought they looked like me. I, I, I hated them. And once I started transitioning, I started taking uh, a lot of selfies, which a lot of trans people do, trying to find ourselves in them. And I would have to take not even kidding, like 200 photos of myself. And then I would look at them and all of them would make me feel horrible. They would spike my gender dysphoria. It was awful. And I might find one that I could live with was maybe okay. And as time went on, I had to take less and less. And there was a time, and it only happened like early last year, like around January, February of 2022, where I took one photo and I liked it instantly. And that was it. And I was like, well, that's neat. And then it happened again a few days later and it happened again a few days later. And I had a streak of 20 of those in a row and I don't know what caused it. I don't know why it happened, but I never thought I could be there where I could just take a picture and say, look, that's me. I exist and here I am. And it it took a lifetime for me to get there. And not every trans person even gets that. So it's. Until until you're able to look at those photos um, of yourself and that man suit of skin back in the day and or yeah. the, the little boy dressed as a little boy or you were you able to reclaim any of that as part of your journey to tilly bridges are you able to do that or is mm, i mean or is it it's hard as dead as the dead name you know yeah it, it's really that- tough it's uh, for a long time i really hated that guy 
after I started transitioning because he was the one living my life. But you and, don't even have empathy for that. Well, that. I do now. I didn't yeah. at the time because I had a lifetime of anger built up. Why did he get to live my life for me? Because he was afraid. Why did, exactly right. He was, uh, he, and then I've, I've come to a point now where I realize that he, that I, when I was pretending to be him, was doing the best I could with what I had at the time. And it's still really hard to deal with all of your own life that you missed out on. But I got to where I am and I'm here now and I'm happy with who I am now. I'm happy where I am now. I have a wonderful son. I have the most amazing wife who stu stood by me through my entire transition. She had no issues with it. And most trans people don't get that either. And so um, I just, I, it, it's a really hard, complex, complicated thing. And um, I've gotten to the point now where I can't really wish things had gone different because I like things the way they are now and I might not have them. If I transitioned earlier, when I first met my wife, um, you know, there was no such thing as gay marriage. Uh, even gay relationships were, were not really uh, very common. You didn't hear about them. You didn't see them. And so we might not have felt that we could even have dated each other or, you know, gotten into a relationship. And then I might not have uh, the wonderful kid that I have now. So I can't, it's so hard. You can't wish that it had all happened earlier because then you wouldn't have all the things you have now. But I wish I hadn't had to go through decades of pain and anguish and loneliness and isolation uh, trapped in the wrong body. So it's, um, it's a really hard thing. It's, it's really tough. Kelly, that, it, uh, no. You made the host cry for that. I think I'm I've been sorry. doing it. No, it's fantastic. I think it's great. You, you, I've been doing this show since 2006. Geekscapists who've been listening that long, I don't know if, I don't know if I can recall a time on this program where, I've, or I, I can recall plenty of times where I've been personal on this program. Um, yeah. But I'm so sorry for, I. I when I lost my older brother at 17, it, when he, I, I picked up the phone, he'd been hit by a drunk driver. My, oh, my, my, my wife still asked me about my childhood. And so many of those memories are just gone. They just, I don't remember. Yeah. And I, I feel like that Jonathan had the door shut on him that night and going yeah. into my young adulthood there and everything else is like, the the my my actual childhood I don't remember a whole lot of stuff that isn't prompted by photographs, yeah. You know I don't remember a lot of the sensations and feelings because that was so painful that night and and it's it's tough how in your life there are those chapters they are literally chapters you know they 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 close and you have the before and you have the after, um you know my my new relationship with my is my second wife, Heidi, like that, that is, that is a new chapter. And, and so hearing the loss of an entire decades worth chapter of your life. And we yeah. only get one of these fucking things. Yeah. It's so fucking sad. I mean, it immediately makes you younger. You're only X number of years old. If you've only been alive <laughs> since, <laughs> I mean, you're, you just took decades off your age because that one, that shit didn't count. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I just, it is so sad and so brutal. And, and 
in Geekscapist, I think the challenge is to understand through actual aggressions, microaggressions, the way we compose ourselves every day, how are we contributing to an environment where people are shaving off entire decades of their lives as unacceptable to them because they weren't them? Um, the How are we contributing to a, a, an atmosphere of fear or in hiding, not unlike Neo in the ships, hiding? Yeah. Like, how are we doing that in our lives and how can we take that apart? I had a, a grad student, I won't tell too much of the, about this story to not put people on blast, but I had a grad student in a class. We had to, it's a film school, we had to record personal stories of ourselves and this grad student who on the roster he presents as a he at the break said i would like to go next after we get back from break and can you reiterate the safe space rule of this classroom and we all came back to the classroom and started the, the student's project in which the student admitted that um, two, three weeks, uh, two, two months prior when they had been, when I had excused them in an email from coming to class because they had the flu that they are actually getting a hysterectomy. And so they could practice safe sex with their, uh, male partners and not fear getting pregnant. And the class had no idea that this student who was male in the roster, presented male, was male, had been born with female parts and had spent, you know, this is a teenager, uh, or young teens, young 20s, had spent over a decade of their life, if not 15, 16, 17 years, in a different role. And, man, that was a day in the classroom. That was just something else. I flunked them for lying to me about the flu. I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, you told me you had the flu and I guess I'm going to have to, uh, you lied to me, but it was just, I don't know. I think we have to make, I think we have to make it. I think we have to make spaces for that stuff. Yeah. And you know what? I, I want to thank you for doing that because in doing that and even talking about it and even wondering and even asking, how do you make space so that trans people don't have to maybe go through all of this uh, you are already one of the people who has woken up to the matrix. You know that there is something wrong. You know that this needs to be fixed. The matrix has so much to say uh, through all four movies about cis people. It's, it's not just about trans people, but there's a lot. It, it has a lot to say about cis people. It has a lot to say about allyship and what it looks like. And it has a lot to say about the people who write off trans issues as, well, I'm not trans, so it doesn't, I'm not going to worry about it. It doesn't matter to me. Get the fuck out of here. We got, we're all floating. We're, we're, we're a ball of parasites on a molten rock floating <laughs> through vacuum. We are stuck on this shit together. Yeah, and when you, you start having as... that attitude, you can go fuck. We can shoot you into yeah. the sun at this point because what are you doing on here with us? Right. If you're you, voted if you off the ignore island. oppression, you are part of what enables that oppression. And so you are part of the problem. And it also it was shows the whole BLM you... summer that we had here. On yes, Geek exactly. Talking about it. It's a whole fuck. It's like, well, how did you think the, the, the redistribution of wealth was going to go? 
yeah. it was peacefully? Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Like, this shit right. is a revolution. You can't stand by on that. You have to, there no. are there is no two sides with human rights. There's only human rights. And if you oppose that, you are wrong. If you are indifferent to it, you are wrong. And um, you know, for the for the cis folks listening, I also want you to realize that um I think there's a lot in uh not just my book, but in the movies for you and about you once you understand what it has to say, and the way that really strict gender norms and expectations hurt cis people just as much as they hurt us. It was why women had to fight for liberation and to be able to wear pants and to be able to have their own bank accounts. It, it's, it's, it, they, they show you through uh, in Resurrections how uh, people are turned into um, the bots, right? That fling mm-hmm. themselves out of the window and kill themselves in service of the system. That's what the system thinks of January cis people 6th out there. Those January 6th <laughs> You are just... <laughs> You are just fodder. They don't actually care about you and they will use you to enact their own ends. They will stoke fear against us, paint us as as aggressor, aggressors, as sexual predators, despite there being zero evidence oh, of Jesus. any of this. Yeah. And, and you will I, you'll get I, scared and you will support that. And Tilly, it's, I didn't want to say this, but your family religious? <laughs> the one you brought um, up in. Ye, well, you know, that's a weird question because we weren't very no, religious when i was the, there but, but after i moved out they became very hard right oh, fuck, so man. but it, I, it just seems like you know it's like every accusation is an admission you know that it's like yeah yep. it's like uh it, i was it's like uh can't even yeah. get into this fucking protect children from the uh, this the drag queen stuff it's just like are you kidding me yeah. There's a, you're betting a zero on that stuff. Right? And they, it's like protect yeah. children from tell them to quit going to fucking church. No yeah, offense to those of y'all. Geekscape is not and no offense like, to those of y'all who go to church and, and, and yeah. believe in that stuff. And it's all, I love you guys. Um, I'm pretty sure you would know by now if that's the church you go to. And well, you, you never know. Like, you know, the, the Catholic Church has done a whole lot to cover up child abuse and uh, shift uh, members around to different churches so that they don't get found out and they cover it up. Exactly right. Also, a completely systematized tool of control, yep. like the Matrix. I mean, it could be a, a I mean, really, King James, you're just going to take it upon yourself to rewrite the motherfucker? Okay, cool. <laughs> like, what? You're not going to question any of this stuff. Uh, the don't question, it's. Tilly, I could talk to you forever about this stuff, but I think what I'm going to end up doing is just reading the book. Uh, Geekscape is begin transmission. The trans allegories of the matrix. This book will be in your hands by the time that Tilly hopefully joins us at the Geekscape booth at San Diego Comic-Con. I will be at San Diego. Of the book. Maybe, maybe we could do that. I think you are going to come by and sign for an hour at the Geekscape booth. I would love that. And hang out with us and make me cry again. I'll give you a really big hug. If you're into it. hugs. I don't I'm hug people it. who don't want hugs. I respect bodily <laughs> autonomy. I'm into hugs. I love hugs. Me too. Um, I just, I, I had, you know, this is a, this is a wonderful conversation, Tilly. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad for you sharing all this with us. And um, for the vulnerability and the bravery that brought you here on your journey and for, for sharing this hour with me and talking to the Geekscapists and I, just want to thank you for that. 
Well, thank you for having me on and, and giving me the space to do that. That's that's not nothing. It's um it's really hard for uh, trans voices to get a lot of platforming, to get a lot of exposure, and it means a lot. And the fact that you are so open to discussing these things, uh, I, I thank you for for your allyship. You're you're on the right path, and <laughs> it means the world. It helps so much more than you know. See, 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 dumb people can be allies too. <laughs> I'm kidding. Like, I'm like, I watched that Matrix movie. Man, it's pretty cool sci-fi there. <laughs> First time I watched Matrix, I was like pretty cool sci-fi movie that's what hmm. i thought the first time i saw it too so don't feel i don't bad. know tilly i think that something that you, there's a resonance though i think they think i think you it woke you up pretty hard from what i can tell in this yeah, conversation well, it like, has, there was a resonance there that for me i was like they're just telling us not to be dumb and to question well, authority that like that's a fairly <laughs> yeah. cursory i mean that's you can't not watch the matrix and not see it at least on that service level but the much deeper meaning that then became undeniable when we saw the Wachowskis on their journey uh, as trans individuals is huge. And, um, and Geekscapes, again, the book is Begin Transmission. If you order it, you can pre-order it on Amazon now. It'll be in your hands by the time you come and meet Tilly at the Geekscape booth in San Diego to talk about the book in person and tell you, tell, tell her what your favorite chapter is and, and have, have her sign it. (laughs) <laughs> and that um i love it i really do um tilly where is the best place where people can find you maybe like a twitter or a, a instagram or a, any of that stuff yeah i mean we got to see these pics you've been post you've been taking these pics where you like yeah, now watch where, out there's where are a you lot of them. those um okay <laughs> so uh yeah i'm on twitter at mm-hmm. tilly bridges you can find me on instagram at heck yeah tilly bridges um if you are interested in the screenwriting and tabletop game writing and comic book writing that my wife and I do as a team. You can go to birdguest.com. All of our credits are up there with links to our work. And uh, every week I write a new essay about the experience of transitioning and being trans in this country and what it means. And if you are interested in those at all, um, you can go to tillystranstuesdays.com. There's over a hundred of them archived there. And it's also a podcast now with the same name, Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. And you can listen to it if you like. And we have trans people on from all walks of life. So you can learn that we're just normal humans like everybody else. Tilly, that's fantastic. Um, Geeks gave us, you have your mission. Uh, if you've enjoyed this show, uh, you can share Geekscape with your friends. And, and we've been around. <laughs> we, we appreciate shares. We appreciate the reviews. We appreciate all that stuff. But I think there's much more important directions that we've sent you in this discussion. So pursue those. And if you remember us, leave the review and share us as well. Uh, I'm here every week uh, talking all sorts of stuff. I, uh, I've re- pre-recorded a bunch of uh, episodes that will be going into the summer. Uh, we'll see everybody at San Diego Comic-Con, if not before then, at a screening or a local convention or anything. We have 30 shows across the network or so. So our podcasters are always popping up uh, as moderators at panels or walking the floor at cons or at film screenings or video game competitions. I just really love what we built here. And Tilly, you are a part of it now. We have brought you into our matrix. It's it's a woke matrix, though. Be careful. It's a good one to be in. It's all right. <laughs> I'm happy it's about the nerd this matrix. We love it. Thank you so much, Tilly. And, uh, and I'll see you if not on the picket line or somewhere else, uh, here, because it sounds like we, we kind of inhabit similar circles. I think we do. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tilly. Thank you. 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 